National Skate Days at U.S. Incredible Hockey Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Greg Zell, and I'm joined today by the wonderful Rob Pizzuto. Rob, hello. Hello. Uh, Rob, what were you most excited about in the Smash Direct today? Uh, Simon Belmont. Simon and Richter Belmont, actually, because uh, I've been wanting Simon Belmont for years on uh, Smash Brothers. Yeah. Uh, and just having Richter on there, too. I, I love Castlevania. So, uh, yeah, um, like him, Snake, and Cloud, all non-Nintendo characters, really, are probably going to be, like, my three mains. I mean, isn't Cloud, like, your main right now? Yeah, in the um, the current one, the, the yeah. one for the Wii U, yeah, the I Wii usually U. use Cloud. But I, I use a lot of characters in Smash. It's one of the few games that I don't mind being a little, like like full of myself for like because i feel pretty i'm pretty good with most characters in that game uh you're amazing in smash <laughs> you kicked the basically kicked the shit out of all of us i think like the only ones who have been able to beat you are like myself once i think like johnny a couple times and maybe marshall once and that's it yeah it hasn't been it hasn't been uh, a lot of us yeah it's it's one of the few games that i played so much that i just kind of <laughs> got down to muscle memory and the only the only person I beat you with was Peach, which is why I only play her now. I main Peach. Peach is good. Peach is good. I shit, love man. Peach. I like Peach. Although I may I may try Daisy when the ultimate comes out because yeah. she's an Echo, so pretty much has the same has the same move set. It's just yeah. a little different. Yeah, they're just tweaked a little bit. Yeah. So Richter and Simon, I think are they? Do you think they'll be Echoes or no? Yeah, they them. are. They oh. are. Um, they said something like um. Like, they kind of pull from each other's move pools, though, like, the characters. So it's technically, like, Simon is the main and Richter is the Echo, but they said, really, it's hard to say who is the true Echo here, because they're both kind of combined into one character. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. But, dude, that uh, that direct was pretty great. Yeah. Um, yeah, did you... Uh, you missed the part with um, Castlevania, though, right? You missed that at the beginning? Yeah, I went back and rewatched it. Okay, yeah, I'm excited about Dracula's castle too, where like Dracula can show up if certain things happen. I know, and the oh man, when the when the music when the Castlevania music started playing, I like mm-hmm. got chills. It was great. Oh yeah. my god, it was so good. Uh, Pull Luigi, R.I.P. Luigi. <laughs> Dead. Yeah. Good. Give uh, him. Good. Put Waluigi in there. We demand uh, Waluigi. So you're you're a Waluigi uh, proponent. Yeah, I want Waluigi in there. Just be, like you're gonna put Wario in. You're gonna put f- fucking Waluigi in. Waluigi has never had his own game though. Wario has. He's only been in like sports games. I know Waluigi gets passed or like passed up so many times. I think he was in one. Uh, I want to say he might have been in one of the like, the Mario and Luigi uh, 3DS games. Maybe, but. I haven't played. I haven't played them, so I'm not a hundred percent sure. But for some reason, it's sticking out in my mind, which means I'm wrong. Hundred and ten percent. That's what that means. He was like only created because in Mario Tennis, Wario needed a uh, character for doubles. Yeah, they're like, oh, uh, Luigi. Yeah, done. Just make him purple. Uh, I was super excited for Rathalos. Uh, uh, yeah, I bet you were. As a Monster Hunter fanatic. Uh, pretty excited. I, I, in terms of wrestling, I popped when I saw him. I was very excited. <laughs> very excited for Rathalos. I uh, don't care too much about uh, King K. Rule or whatever yeah. his name is. 
I don't either. Like, I'll I'll give him a try because he looked kind of fun. Like, I like how he has like the little like uh, pirate gun thing yeah. and stuff. Um, but I'll probably use him the same way I use like King DDD if I want to just use a goofy character. Yeah, I like him because he's fat. Yeah, <laughs> it's like me. It's a very you know he's fat like me, so I like it. But yeah, I'll never use him because I don't really like to use big guys. If I do, it'll be like it'll be someone like Bowser. Yeah. But even then, I mean, he's too slow for what I like to do in in Smash. Yep. Um, so, unlike real life, I don't like to labor around <laughs> in my video games. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, this is the uh, Smash Brothers podcast. Now, this is the optional skate each and every week on a variety of podcasting services around the globe. We bring you the Boston Bruins news you need to know. No matter where you got the show, we appreciate your support. We'd love if you gave us a positive rating, whatever platform you listen to. We're getting right into Bruins content. Not much other stuff going on in the NHL outside of what we're going to talk about. I mean, welcome to now the dog days of August. Yeah. Training camps should be open the next time we meet. Um, although it might just be a podcast by myself because you'll be away. I will be away, yep. So it could be a one-man show. Yeah. Maybe Don't Kevin know. will be back from um, getting pissed on by his newborn (laughs) (laughs) oh that never ends (laughs) they just get older i have not once gotten peed on no that's good and uh yeah i haven't gotten peed on and i've only had to deal with two blowouts in like two years of being a father that's amazing well yeah you are gonna start potty training so yeah yeah unfortunately i have no tips on how to potty train a boy Uh, i only have girls so yeah sorry so it was uh, revealed last week that Rick Middleton is getting his number retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Bruins fans were happy about it. A few Bruins fans didn't understand it. I wanted your thoughts on it. I thought it was pretty nifty. Oh! <laughs> when I saw it, I wasn't surprised. I, I, I think he's he's good enough to have his number retired. He's enough of like a Bruins name that I, like. You know, he's he is one of those players that you think about when you think about like the like seventies and eighties Bruins. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I'm for it. I don't think people realize where Rick Middleton sits in terms of all time stat leaders. So like if you had to guess where Rick Middleton was in terms of goals, all time on the Boston Bruins, where would he where would you put him? If if you don't know the answer. But if you I, do, I you don't know the it. answer. Um all right, where would you put him? And all-time Bruins? All-time NHL leaders. For the Bruins. Yeah. Like, yeah, 12th? Uh, third. Third? Third. 104 wow. goals. It's Johnny Busick at, at number one with 545 goals. Phil Esposito second at 459. And then Rick Middleton at 402. See, I thought you were setting me up there to say something higher. The way that you worded it, I thought it was going to be a lot lower than I was expecting. Nope. I still, probably, I still probably wouldn't have said third third um the only fun fact the only active boston bruin in the top 10 is patrice bergeron hmm. 289 uh assists where would you put middleton in assists see i and and i mean i never really watched him play i always thought he was more of an assist guy so i'll put him i'll put him at fourth sixth okay yep pretty good and then points so, 
Based on so based on that, where would you put him in points? Fifth, fourth. So fourth. he yeah. yeah. So he has top five in you know pretty much all the important categories, especially your goals and your points. Mm-hmm. He you know he's over a point per game player because he has eight hundred eighty one games played, eight hundred ninety eight points. Um, if you care about plus minus, I mean, his plus minus, he was a plus 220 in his career. He had over 100 power play goals, uh, and he had over 50 game-winning goals. So, I mean, pretty good Boston Bruin. Yeah. And, you know, it it's easy to get overlooked when you're playing, you know, in the 80s because you have, you know, guys like Neely and Bork and, you know, whoever. So... Uh, you know, Adam Oates and whatever. And it's easy, you know, O'Reilly. It's easy to get, it's easy to get overlooked when there are larger, um, you know, when there are larger names on the team. But man, he was good for those Boston Bruins. Yeah. So when you, when you saw people uh, against it, did they give any reason or? I, I honestly don't think they realized I, I think they just didn't watch him, so they don't mm-hmm. realize how good he is. You know, so, I mean, that's the problem. When you talk about a guy who's played in the 80s that isn't a big-name guy, most people, I mean, even if they're our age, you know, mid-30s, grew, grew up in the 80s, but you weren't watching, you weren't intently watching the Boston Bruins when you were five. And, yeah. You know, in 88 or whatever. For me, I was five in 88. So... Your first memories are the '90s Bruins. Yeah. Uh, so a guy like Middleton, I he I personally think he deserves to be there. Um, numbers wise, absolutely. I mean, he's like he's ahead of guys like you know he's ahead of Bobby Orr in points. I mean, I know again different game, but ahead of Neely in points, and people people put Neely on that pedestal like he's one of the greatest. Mm-hmm. You know, he's ahead of Adam Oates in points. He's He's a good hockey player for the for the Bruins, and I'm glad that they're retiring his number. I think he deserves it. I think he deserves it. And they're doing it in November against the Islanders. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, among like you look at you know the top the top five in points all time, it's Ray Bjork, Ray Bjork, <laughs> Ray Bjork, Ray Bjork. Sorry, <laughs> I was wetting my lips. So Ray Bjork, Ray Bjork, uh, Ray Icelandic singer. Yeah, uh, Busick, Espo, Middleton, and Orr, and I'm pretty sure they're all. Other than I don't think I don't know if Esposito has his number retired, but he probably will at some at some point. But the rest are hanging up in that in that balcony. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean. So he deserves. He definitely deserves to be up there. Any other thoughts on the Rick Middleton retirement? No, I mean, like you said, I I was one of those guys who you know thought that his uh, number should be retired. Even I didn't realize just how high he was in um, goals and, and points. So, which is crazy because the Bruins have been around since the twenties. So you wouldn't think that a guy in the mid eighties was yeah who you know may have not been the household name or isn't a household name now could be so high up. So what I do want to talk about as well is the athletic put out two different articles this past week on 
on the not only on the Bruins but the whole league. But obviously, we're going to talk Bruins. So the first one, you have a sub subscription to the Athletic, right? I do. Yep. Do you like it? I do. Yeah, I like it. I a love lot. it. I yeah. love it. It's one of the I, best things I ever did. I'm usually very anti paying for stuff like this, but. Like, I saw, like, all these different article headlines that caught my eye that I wanted to read, so I was just like, yeah, screw it. And, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad I did it. I, I wish I knew earlier because I would have given you my login information. Uh, whatever. I like having oh, my well. own anyways. Sharing it like Netflix. <laughs> uh, so, The Athletic had a fan, a fan and public survey of front offices around the NHL. The Bruins ranked 14th overall. Uh, so, their score was a 3.4 with Tampa being the highest at 4.6. Six categories, roster building, cap management, draft and development, trading, free agency, and vision. So I want to run down the public opinion first. Mm-hmm. Then I, then let's go over the ba- the fan base opinion and talk about it. So I'm quickly going to do public opinion because I don't really care what the public thinks, but it's part of this. Yep. Uh, so roster building, Bruins got a 3.9. Cap management, 3.4. Draft and development, 3.7. Trading, 2.9. Free agency, 2.8. Vision, 3.5. So that put them at a total of 3.4. In, in average, of 3.4. Um, now the fan base. This is where I think it gets pretty interesting. Roster building, 3.7. Lower than public opinion. Cap management, 3.4. Same as public opinion. Draft and development, 4.0, higher than public opinion. Mm -hmm. Trading and free agency, 2.3, lower than the public opinion. And the vision for the team at 3.7. So this put them at 3.4 as well. Uh, So, again, overall, 3.4, 14th, average in the NHL. What are your thoughts on that? Well, before we do that, any that you disagree with? From fan base or public opinion? Uh, fan base. I don't care about the public. Okay. Fan base. Yeah. Um, I think trading is a little low. Um, actually, I think trading's very low. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, no. I'm I'm a little surprised that the fan gate fan base gave draft and development a four. Um, I don't know if I disagree with it necessarily. Um, just from what I know of the fan base. Yeah. Um, I would have thought that to be around like three point five. Yeah. Um, but no, for the most part, I I agree with a lot of it. Um, really, just trading is is my biggest hang up there. Yeah, I don't know if I mean I'm trying to think. <sighs> All right, I'm trying to think of like the good Don Sweeney trades were, uh, Milan Lucic, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Jones, um. I also think his good trades were people are going to slag on the Dougie Hamilton trade, but I don't, I don't think Dougie Hamilton wanted to be here. So what are you going to do? Right. You know, you can't, you can't not trade a guy that doesn't want to be here. You can't force him to stay here. I mean, we're not talking, he traded him two years ago after Bruce came to the team. Claude was still here and Dougie didn't want to play for him. And mm-hmm. as you have seen throughout the NHL, Dougie Hamilton is now on his third team, uh, so it's not like it's not like he has cemented himself in Calgary as this uh, franchise defenseman that we all thought he was going to be when he got drafted. Right. 
So the trading definitely seems low. I think a lot of people have the Rick Nash craw, uh, have the Rick Nash trade stuck in their craw. Mm -hmm. And that is what's kind of feeding this. Um, Everything else. I think I would agree with cap management seems a little strange only when you look at, and this ties into free agency. You look at a guy like David Backus getting 6 million a year. Um, I actually think free agency might be a little high at 2.3 because you look at the free agents that he has brought in. He's overpaid for some and some just haven't worked out. Yeah. I mean, there's no one that he, that he brought in where I was like, oh my God, what a steal. I can't believe, you know, no one else got him. I think, you know, maybe Riley Nash is the only guy that does that for me. Mm. And he was, he's one and done. Yeah. Just another note on trading real quick. Um, yeah, I, I think you're definitely right about um, Rick Nash. Um, but also, I, I wouldn't be surprised if part of that is due to moving moving Luke Keek and Martin Jones. Because how many people within the fan base do you hear about, A, either missing Luke Keek and what he quote-unquote brought to the game, or that we should have hung on to Martin Jones and either traded Tuca instead or just had Martin Jones as a backup in case we need to like push Tuca to make him play better. True. That's true. Uh, I actually didn't think of that. Yeah. I mean, that could absolutely play part of it. Lord knows this fan base fucking loves Milan Lucic still mm-hmm. to this day. They were, uh, you know, it's off season, but there were these rumors that he was coming back to Boston and people were, it, it was split, man. People were still super hyped for him to come back. Yep. Don't understand it. And one more part on the trade. Uh, and this is actually a point against the Bruins and why I don't think I would give them higher than like a three or even maybe a 2.9 is Ronaldo for a third yeah. round pick. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't put, I would not put their trading much higher than it is now. I'd put it at like a 2.8, 2.9. Really? Yep. Because I I think that the Jones trades, the Luke trade, and the Hamilton trade were good. I don't have a problem with the Rick Nash trade at all. Like, yeah, it didn't didn't work out. But at the time, you, you know, we needed to add a piece, and that was a really good piece to add in. Um, you know, the theory was it was going to make all of our lines better. Right. Um, and I mean, injuries happen and stuff. I'm, I'm not going to fault the, the idea of the trade for that. No, I mean, the guy's concussion was so bad. He might not play. Yeah. He might retire. Um, let's talk about Rick Nash for a minute. Colin Beswick has a, uh, a question for us. What are your thoughts on the Rick Nash trade with the benefit of hindsight? So now would you, would you do it today? knowing what is going to come out well no i wouldn't but that's because i know that we're not going to win a cup and that rick nash is quite possibly never going to play again i don't like looking at things in hindsight because like you know what happened so you can't give an objective response to it right it's so hard yeah so and and what are you going to do are you are we really looking at ryan spooner and ryan lindgren and the corpse of Matt Bolesky and upset that he got traded. Yeah. Upset that any of them got traded. No, not one bit. And I mean, yeah, there's a draft pick, but we have (coughs) so much, so many like young people right now anyways. Um, And I know you, you go on about this a lot, but 
you know, what good is like so, having so many people in the pipeline if you don't use them as assets as well as players? Because you can't play all of them. Right. And I mean, some of the guys you have now, the athletic that we'll talk about in a second, don't rank as high, I think, as Boston Bruins fans believe the ceiling of the player to be. Mm-hmm. Um, would I still do the Rick Nash trade? In hindsight, obviously not, because then at least you can have that first round, you know, you can have that draft pick and you can trade it um, or you can trade it or use it during the draft. But at the time, I would still do it because Nash was what you needed on Krejci's side. If he didn't get hurt, we could be talking something totally different. Yep. Totally different. But we're not. And I mean, and I think Riley Nash's uh, little ear, puck to the ear slash concussion is also a factor in that because not only did you lose a third line center, you lost, you know, not only did you lose your second line uh, right wing, you lost your third line center. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, that all, that all plays into it. Um, obviously August 8th, 2018. No, I wouldn't make a trade that was made three months ago, but at the time, yes, I would, I would. Uh, and as I mentioned, the athletic had ranked, all the farm systems in, in the NHL. So before we get in, before we talk about this, guys like um, Charlie McAvoy and Jake DeBrusque are no longer considered prospects. Yeah. They are part, they are professional hockey players. They are part of the Boston Bruins. They are no longer prospects. Doesn't matter their age. Last year, the Bruins ranked 10th. This year, the Bruins ranked 27th. Now, Corey Pronman over at The Athletic, he, he went on to his explanation. He ranks he ranks um, elite players more than he does depth. So, obviously, last year the Bruins were 10th because Charlie McAvoy, um, Jake DeBrusque. Uh, so, that plays into a high-end, two high-end prospects will beat out a depth pool of prospects all the time. In Pronman's, in Pronman's eyes. So they have this ranked as uh, very good NHL prospects, legit NHL prospects, have a chance, which my guess means that they have a chance to be good in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, so have a chance. Probably not an impact guy, but could play in the league and has the toolkit to have an outside chance to be a real player. Okay. And then depth is depth. Uh, so the Bruins have one very good NHL prospect. Who do you think it is? I I know. Okay, but it's no it's no surprise. No, it's Ryan Donato. Yeah. Uh, so Ryan Donato is their legit, uh, very good NHL prospect, which we all know. You know he he showed flashes of it in in the regular towards the end of the regular season last year. Wasn't used in the playoffs. I think that it is a defensive thing for him mm-hmm. so i'll be interested to see what what changes he makes to, uh, to his defensive game coming up in the in for next season a lot of people so i'm i'm on the bruins subreddit a lot um and a lot of people asked about line combinations and i didn't put donato in mine and people like well why didn't you have why don't you have donato in your line combinations and i say where is he going to play uh, because in my mind, the Bruins are going to have Anders Bjork in the spot he was last year before he got hurt uh, next to Bergeron. 
and have Pasternak down on the second line. And then you, you know, all right, so then you have Heinen. I, my guess is Sean Curley playing the center position, and you have Backus on the wing because I don't think they're going to sit David Backus. And Ryan Donato's too good to play on a fourth line. So, and anyway, we can get into that in a couple of weeks. Or yeah. a month. Or never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but Donato was their only good, their only very good NHL prospect. Legit NHL prospects, the Bruins have four. Uh, so, Euro Vakaninen. Did I say that right? I think you did. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Okay. Awesome. So, Euro Vakaninen, uh, Jack Studnikia, Jacob Forsbacker Carlson, and Trent Frederick, who we haven't seen in Boston yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only guy from that list we have seen is Forsbacker Carlson. Hey, wasn't that great? <laughs> I know. And it's why I was a little surprised that they would put um, Forsbacker Carlson in the legit NHL prospect only because he wasn't anything special two years ago. And then last year he was hurt. He missed like 20 or 30 games with, I think, a shoulder problem. But um, yeah, I mean, they go on to say that his best trait is his uh, IQ, which makes me want to bang my goddamn head against the desk. Yeah, he's, quote, realistically, he's a potential bottom six forward due to his average at best skill. That's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, they ha- he, Pronman has good stuff to say about, uh, you know, Vakaninen. He says, while I don't see him as a future NHL star, given how well he's played versus Matt already, because he is playing in the, oh God, I'm going to ruin this, uh, <laughs> Seipai Liga team, I think in Sweden? I have no idea. Um, I don't think he's that far out from p- pushing for time with Boston, which is great, uh, especially for an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, so even if you want to give him a couple of years, Charlie McAvoy will be 23, 24. Vaka comes up, he's 20, 21, and you have a couple young, good defense defensive prospects or defensemen who can, you know, hopefully take the Bruins for the next eight to ten years. Um, and then what what really surprised me was Trent Frederick being on this list. Yeah. So when Frederick was first drafted. Our our buddy Kirk Ludicky was like he'll probably be you know like a third line center Chris Kelly type, and a lot of people, self included, were like, why would you draft that in the first round? But Pronman goes on to say Frederick could be the guy that's a tough defensive minute center in the NHL and contribute a decent amount of offense. So sounds like Kirk was right. No one should be shocked at that. Nope. Um, and his best asset is his vision, which is pretty good for if if that's what you want from a third line center that's pretty good mm-hmm. the have a chance people uh as we said probably not an impact guy uh ryan fitzgerald no surprise there jacob lauku lauko he's the guy that they just drafted um this year mm-hmm. um zach Sinishin, don't like to see him there a guy who is really bummed on seeing there was Jacob Zaboral. Yeah. Um so he so Pronman writes he took the defensive he took the tough defensive assignments with some frequency in Providence, though, and showed some decent ability to handle that. The 
Former 13th overall pick is no longer a top prospect, but I think he still has a chance. Basically, what he says in this little paragraph is that he's a really good skater. He has pretty good skill, but his IQ is not good. Mm-hmm. And and Pronman is worried that Zaboral is going to have issues adjusting to the uh, professional game in the NHL on offense and defense. And that terrifies me. Well, yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we talk, we, we have talked about defense for what seems like the past four years. And it's always like, well, you know, you have Jeremy Lawson and you have Zaboral and you still have guys like Tommy Cross if you need to plug someone in for a couple of games. And you have o- Ogara. Well, Ogara's gone. So it's like you're kind of losing with all the defensive with all the defensive guys that you could rattle off some of them are gone and some of them have dropped yeah so jeremy lawson isn't even he's not even on this list so yeah i don't you know so i don't know because ogara's gone um Who's the kid they sent over? Ryan Lindgren's gone. He's the one that they sent with the, I believe, the Rick Nash trade. Yep. So it's so, getting a little thin. So hope you guys aren't tired of hearing of us talk about defense because you're probably going to be hearing about it for a while. Yep, pretty much. Uh, the last guy on this list is Jeremy Swayman, uh, who I've never heard of before. He's a goalie at Maine ho- for Maine uh, Hockey East. Love Hockey East, but I don't watch a lot of Maine, so can't tell you that. Um, and then you have your depth your depth guys. Peter Solarik, Juno Kompanen, Axel Anderson, the guy that they just drafted this year, yeah. Anton Bleed, Carson Kuhlman, which is such a hockey name. Yeah. It's great. And Kyle Kaiser. Uh, so those guys, they're just depth guys. They're people you'll plug in every now and then. Uh, I do like Peter Solarik and Anton Bleed a lot, so I hope they can. I hope they can make the jump, um, and then, yeah. What do you think about the list? It's disappointing, uh, right? Yeah, players that I would have had a few players ranked at higher on here, just from my very limited knowledge. Um, so it's nice to have a reality check, uh, even if it is a shot in the nuts like this is. For real. Uh, and then he uh, Pronman goes on to give a, an organizational top 10, 23 and under list. Number one, Pasternak. Number two, Charlie McAvoy. Three is Jake DeBrusque, Ryan Donato, Danton Heinen, Euro Vakaninen, Anders Bjork, which I was surprised to see on this list. Mm-hmm. Jack Studnikia, Brandon Kahlo, and rounding out number 10 is Jacob Forsbecker Carlson. So... I mean, on paper, the the 23 and under look, looks good because the top four are monsters. You know, the top three are, the top three are world beaters. You know, Pasternak and McAvoy are pretty much already elite at, mm-hmm. at what they do. You know, D- David Pasternak is one of the best scorers in the NHL. Charlie McAvoy was, I would say, top five rookie this season and looks like he is going to be like your next Zidane Chara, you know, he's going to be here for the next 12 to, you know, 10 to 12 years. And Jake DeBrusque looks like he's rounding out into what you want a power forward to be. 
Ryan Donato looks like he can score from any place on the ice. Dan Heining, he's the one that goes up and down, and then after that, it's just a lot of questions. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the list is to see the Bruins 27th in a farm system rating is frustrating and disappointing. It is, but just to kind of flip that for a second. Um, so right now the rankings are only 26 through 31 that are available. Um, that's right, right? Yes. All right. Look at some of the other teams in there, though. Some of the bigger threats in the league are below us. You have Tampa, you have Washington, Nashville, and Winnipeg are all in the same area as the Bruins. It's crazy. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if that is like... I wonder if it's because, you know, the worse you are, the more you'll you'll trade your picks away. Or not not your picks, your players away yeah. from more draft picks. So then you just uh, acquire a ton of draft picks. Maybe. I wonder if that, like, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Buffalo was in the top five. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to think of teams continually terrible. Um, you know, Buffalo maybe... I don't think Montreal will be up that high. Um, Arizona? Arizona. I was surprised to see Calgary at 29. I would have guessed Calgary would have been higher. Mm-hmm. You know, a team like Florida, probably in the top 10. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, you're right. The The first six teams that were that were ranked, five of them are, could be could very well be cup contenders next season and I wanted to ask you about cup contenders so Chad McVean over on Twitter twitter.com slash says last year's expectations were low and the team overperformed yep. what are the real realistic expectations for this year seeing as division rivals have, have improved yeah um, so Going into the season last year, I barely expected the Bruins to make the playoffs. In fact, I think I said that they weren't going to make the playoffs, that they'd be a bubble team and probably fall just short. Yep. Um, going into this season, just from what I see now, uh, I think they're still going to end up being a bubble team, but make it. And that's not, against, not a knock against the Bruins. It's just you have Tampa, who's just great. Um Tavares to Toronto, huge improvement. Um, Florida, I think, is going to be a little tougher this year. Uh, Buffalo is going to be tougher this year now that uh, Eichel and Skinner are probably going to be playing together. Um, yeah. Ottawa and Montreal are still going to suck. So it, I, I don't think necessarily like a team like Buffalo will make the playoffs over the Bruins. But in division play every win is important and it's going to be harder for the Bruins to get some of those divisional wins. um, I think so. I think um, they will make the playoffs, but I think it's going to be a lot tougher than it was this year, this past year. Yeah, I agree. I think they will make the playoffs. I think they will be third. I'm going to say they're third in the division. Uh, I don't, you know, so they'll, they'll make the playoffs. Maybe they will be a wild card team, but you know, Tampa may be getting better. We don't know what's going on with uh, – we don't know what, what's going on with Eric Carlson. Mm-hmm. Toronto definitely got better, but their their defense is still suspect. Yep, at best. But, 
at best. Buffalo got better. Again, defense is still suspect. And we don't know if Carter Hutton can do it for more than one year. Yeah. So, I, you know, my expectation is they're a playoff team anywhere from, you know, third in the division to the first, maybe second wild card based on injury and everything. But if you had to, if you had to hold me down and make me guess, I would say third in the division. Because I don't, I don't think I, you know, Florida and Montreal, I don't think are ready. Um, to make the run. I mean, who the hell does Montreal have? Shea Weber isn't playing for another, like, isn't going to at least skate for another five months. Right. You know, so you got Carey Price, you have Max Pacioretty, who they sound like they don't want anyway. I'm not really worried about it. They're, they're a playoff team. Graham Crawford, will the Bruins ever trade David Krejci, or will he retire as a Bruin? At this point, I feel like if they trade Creaky, it's going to be at the point where almost all of his value is gone, and we're going to get almost nothing for him. Right. They're, they're never going to trade him. Yeah. Because he, he won't waive his no-trade clause. I, get, I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it. He's not going to waive his no-movement to go somewhere. And a team that'll want him, let's say a team like Calgary, isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to be a playoff contender, so why would he do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like the you know it's not like the guys in the locker room are going to be like, oh David, you have to wave it. You're not welcome here. He's like, he's he's one of those guys that are loved in the locker room. He's been there his whole career. Yeah, yeah, and I I still think Krejci has gotten kind of a raw deal here because I don't think other than Horton, uh, he really has gotten the chance to like get enough chemistry with a solid player to really be set up for success. It's pretty much been. Uh, Lucic, yeah, and like that's and like Horton, and that's it. Yeah, and you know, again, was here for a year, gone. Louis Erickson was here for a couple, of, like a year and a half, I think, gone. Like it's just, yeah. So hopefully, DeBrusque is going to be that guy for him. Mm-hmm. Um, to follow up on David Krejci, do you think they keep the first line together or drop someone down to the second line to help David Krejci? I think at the beginning of the year they will keep the second the the, the line together, uh, the first line together, um, just with how successful it was, and then just kind of see see how it goes. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked at all after a few games if they do switch it up, um, and if they're like practicing, um, like dropping somebody like Pasternak down um, to the second line, um, so they'll at least have some chemistry going into games. But I think game one. Um, barring any injuries or anything like that, we will see Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak together at least to start. Yeah, I think that I think they're gonna. Um, I think they are gonna go with what they did last year, which is in the beginning of the year: Marchand, Bergeron, Bjork, or Marchand, Bergeron, Donato. Someone else will be there, and then DeBrusque, Krejci, Pasternak. I think you have to you have to split up that first line because they're too good and it makes your it doesn't make your second line as good. Mm-hmm. And we saw it in the playoffs last year. We saw it this year. The second line, if they are not rolling, they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else what else we got here. Um, Larry Walsh with the Ducks bringing back their mighty Ducks eggplant jerseys. No, they're not. They're black. We went over this last week, Larry, or two weeks ago, Larry. Listen to, please listen to episode sixty-six. You'll love it. Why hasn't the Why haven't the Bruins brought back the '90s alternative Pooh Bear jersey? You'll You're, never see that jersey again. Yeah, you won't. Your guess is as good as mine. I would love to see it again, um, but no, we won't. Uh, if we're lucky, we'll get a 
jersey with a bit of a throwback logo and maybe some brown mixed in. Um, but no, yeah, I, Ducks didn't yeah. bring back the eggplant. There's like a couple eggplant strips, but it's a black jersey. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I, I Go back and watch episode 66 or listen to episode 66 because we had a lot of jersey talk. I want an obnoxious jersey though. Yep, I want a I want a yellow third jersey in the worst way. In the worst way, I want a yellow third jersey, yellow and brown. Oh, just give me the Winter Classic jersey from 2010. That's what I want. Uh, and last but not least, Thomas over at Facebook.com/slash/DaisyOr will Marshand keep his tongue off players this season? Yeah, he will because it's like a rule now. But he'll find something else to do to that'll be stupid and get him in trouble. Yep. I mean, it won't be stupid. He'll probably just spear someone or board someone. Yeah. Elbow, you know, someone in the face. So, yeah. Uh, but the tongue will stay off. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's it. Somehow got 40 minutes out of this podcast. <laughs> Go us. I know. I'm pr- pretty excited. Yeah, basically pretty talking excited. about articles that other people have written. I. Hey, I mean, what are you going to do? It's oh. the middle. Of, it's the beginning of August. It's not even the middle of August. Oh, God. We still Jesus. have two months before hockey actually officially starts because I don't count preseason. Yeah, I don't either. Hopefully, we will have a nice surprise for you guys in the next couple of weeks. But we can't talk about it yet until no, it's locked we up. we can't. But pretty got to lock it up. Pretty happy about the prospect of it, even though I might not be around for it. Yeah, so I'm going to try to lock it up for the next podcast, but we'll see. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. On the optional skate, my name is Greg. His name is Rob. You can follow us Facebook.com slash DaisyOr, Twitter.com slash DaisyOr, on all the crazy podcasting sites. Uh, still haven't heard anything about Spotify. So, yeah, whatever. Not there. No. Um, I put in for it. I'm just waiting. Who knows how long that'll be. Yeah, make it happen, Spotify. If anybody who's listening Spotify. likes Spotify or has an in at Spotify, hook us up. Yeah. Yeah, I'll... I'll any uh, any of you twenty listening, if you, if you work with Spotify, slide us in there, and uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Bye.